Um, so welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to our open and loving community. I'm Angela Clark. I'm one of the board members here at uh, Center for Spiritual Living in White Rock. And we're so glad that you're here today on this long weekend. And we're also extremely delighted to have our returning musician. Uh, Nathan is a performing songwriter. He's an inspirational speaker and he's soon to be an author. He's going to let us know when his book comes out, I hope, so we can all get a copy of it. And music and community are so important to Nathan, and we are just so delighted to have him here this morning to get us started off on the right foot. Over to you, Nathan. Good morning. Thanks very much, Angela. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to start with a song by a dear friend of mine, Robert Anderson. This is called We Gather. In the face of hatred, we gather our love in the shadow of fear. We gather our light in the hour of darkness. We gather now, we gather here. We gather now, and we gather In the time of danger, we lift up our song in the presence of tears. We send out our joy in the depths of sorrow. We gather now and we gather here. We gather now and we gather We come together in this time and place. We come together in this kindness and with our grace. We call out for peace in the heat of anger. We step into faith in the midst of despair. We celebrate hope in the heart of sadness. We gather now and everywhere. We gather now, we gather everywhere. We come together in this time and place. We come together in this kindness and with our grace we gather our hearts in the face of hatred we gather our love in the shadow of fear we gather our light in the hour of darkness we gather now we gather every we gather now, we gather everywhere.
We gather now and we gather here. Wow, Nathan, thank you so much. What a beautiful way to start the day. And please, please, please um, put any information, contact information about where you might be performing next and certainly where we can get your book when it comes out. Um, and yes, we gather here today. We're so fortunate to be together. And as settlers on this land, we're honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. We thank the first peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. Now here at CSL White Rock, we're an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of your life. Our life flourishes and flows out of ease and grace when we practice these, and I can attest to that. So let's walk together on this spiritual path and walk each other home, all the while transforming our lives and the lives of others. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. I am really excited that uh, you're all here today for uh, another wonderful, inspiring chat, speak, speech, uh, talk by Reverend Champion. We were so fortunate last week, the leadership of CSL White Rock got together and um, Reverend Champion led us in some amazing work that we're doing, hopefully to uh, benefit the entire community. And so I, it was an incredible experience to get to meet them in person um, and really get to enjoy uh, this, this, their spirit and their um, presence in person and it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. So I'm so glad that they are here with us today. And I'm just gonna throw directly to you because nobody wants to hear me. They wanna hear you, Reverend Champion. Thank you, Angela. Uh, and thank you, Nathan and Georgia. Thank you to everybody, including to, thank you to everything that everyone is doing to make these services possible that we keep coming together on Sundays, whether it's a, a long weekend, a holiday weekend or not, we keep coming together and we come together in communion, in attention to each other and in, in, in lifting the power and presence of the divine is what we do when we're together on Sundays. We engage in divine presence together. And we know that that is full of love and possibility and connection and harmony and all the things that the divine is to us. It's being expressed in communion with each other, which inevitably amplifies it. And it was really cool. I've been engaged with you all for a couple of years now, and it was great to finally be in person. <laughs> and to be fully animated beings together. Um, and we had a good time. It wasn't just an easy time. You know, we looked at how we come together and in our humanness and in our divinity, and we express the full range of that. that. And so it's interesting that today uh, the topic in all of the science of mind centers around the world, in Canada and the US and Mexico and beyond, we're talking about anger today. <clears throat> and anger, I think if you were to 
create a list of all things spiritual, that anger would not necessarily be on that list. But I'm here to say that that anger, anger can serve us. And that anger, I want to talk about the spiritual and evolutionary uh, truth about anger. That it, that it holds a purpose and that we can be angry and be with our anger in a way that it can actually support healing, support connection, support new ways of being in the world. And so I want to think about, I want, I want us all to be thinking about sort of when are we angry? When does anger come up for you? And can we move toward it and seize the opportunity? Anger is often an interruption in a moment. It can be volcanic or it can be sort of percolating under the surface. But it shows up as an interruption of what is going on as in the moment. It shows up as an opportunity to request something different. And so when are the times that you get pissed off? What are the situations? Who are the people? <laughs> Is it during a certain time of year or a certain time of the month in your body cycle? And what happens with your anger? Do you want to suppress it and run away from it? Or do you want to kind of express it and feel righteous in it? Or is it a more generative feeling? Or do you keep circling back to it? Or do you drag it around with you? Or do you release it? And when you release it, is it like pulling the fire alarm and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> or are you just letting a little air out of a balloon, right? So it's fun. I mean, for me, I love science of mind because we always, we look at the science of things. So what has been the evolutionary purpose of anger? What has it been in the past as we started walking upright and being human? And, and what is it now? What is, what is the purpose of anger in your current spiritual evolution? Anger can take a stand for, for the wild and chaotic and passionate. And it can be a request to be more aligned with true power, a divine power. And so according to the neuroscience of anger, anger, anger in our biological evolution, it played the role of protection our human reaction to anger, the way anger felt, it gradually evolved for us. It became a, comple a complex sequence of responses in us, in our emotional body, that were activated by the perception of threat in something in the outer world, right? So, you know, going way back, what were the threats? Well, it was usually like something bigger than us, something more powerful than us, 
something that wanted to eat us, would initiate in us a fight or flight response. It gave us an assessment of what to do next. Should I pick up my feet and run? Or should I put up my dukes, right? Should I be fighting or fleeing? And so it evolved to protect us. And that, that state sort of still occurs. Yet most of us aren't encountering jaguars or leopards or, although I did see a lynx last, last summer. Um, <laughs> there are things in our environment, unfortunately, because of what humans do to humans that have us in a protective response. Yet, yeah, and still, for the most part, in our day-to-day, -day, we don't need to fight or flee when, when anger arises. There may be just something more subtle going on for us. So when the biology now is that anger causes blood to flow to our hands, which makes it easier for us to strike an enemy or hold a weapon, our heart rate speeds up, we get a rush of hormones, including adrenaline. And it creates a surge of energy in us strong enough to take vigorous action. And so I remember, I remember being angry as a kid. I remember not being able to watch the Carol Burnett show because it was on too late. And I remember taking <laughs> being in like, ah, like toddler expression of anger. And my parent, my dad just picking me up and carrying me to bed, right? I also had an experience on the playground where I, I was about the third grade. I was playing basketball with Phil Raglan. I don't know what happened, but I ended up punching him in the face and breaking his glasses. And I know that I was, I was in an impulsive act, in an inability to manage my anger. I didn't know what to do with it. I knew it was there. It definitely came up in me as protection. I know my parents probably had to buy Phil Raglan a new pair of eyeglasses. And I know there was something happening with us that was provoking in me an anger response. And so thankfully, over the decades that I've been on the planet, I tend to not punch people anymore. <clears throat> I tend to have the capacity to move toward my anger. I know that in this philosophy, we often can be in a stance of positivity, right? We want to have positive emotions and positive reactions and really be in a positive space. And it's important too, because our emotions, our impulses to act, they are the opportunity to attend to them, right? Our emotions demand and deserve attention and they deserve a quality of attention that we can be in anger and turn toward it 
and check into what is up for us. And in that checking in, we can evaluate what is my individual opportunity for transformation here, or is there a larger social call for transformation? I mean, there's so many things happening in our world to be mad about right now. And, and for me, I think when I, I think of like when Thich Nhat Hanh wrote a book called Anger, and he talks about when we're angry, how do we go toward the anger as if it was a child requesting our help? Well, we would go toward that child and we would maybe pick them up and we would tend to whatever it is that they need. And so we wanna look, well, I want us to look at the inward and the outward sites of transformation that the anger is pointing to for us. That we can be in an outward lens looking out from ourselves or we can be in an inward lens looking at the anger as a mirror of ourselves. The primary roots of our anger are, are within, within ourselves. And we often, we're so focused outward that we wanna hold other people responsible for our anger. But this is an opportunity to have the outward lens, but also to have the mirroring and to be able to go within and look at, through a practice of self-reflection and exploration, who am I that this anger is coming up in me? What do I need to tend to in myself in order to be in a generative space with this, right? So in Buddhist circles, there's an often a call to convert anger to compassion, to acknowledge the presence of it, to tend to it and be with it and look directly at it in a way that it just sort of dissipates and we can move into a space of either self-compassion or expressing compassion toward the person who we may be pissed at, right? And as Georgia was saying in the, in, in the meditation, like this practice of breathing in, I know that I'm breathing in. Breathing in, I know that anger is in me. Breathing out, I know that I can put all my energy into caring for my anger. And this is a really, I mean, there's so many really great Thich Nhat Hanh meditations where the mindfulness is in the breath, the sight of the breath in the body, paying such attention to the most minute detail of our body, which is the breath coming in and the breath going out. And if we can tend to that anger in the same way that the anger is in me and 
can I care for it to the extent that I transform it into something that's generative, connecting, compassionate? In science of mind circles, there can be a request sort of to move from anger to peace and a sentiment that in the eye of the storm, there is peace. And for me, it's like that this continuing this idea that anger is an interruption of what's occurring in the moment. And it may also be that if I can't tend to my anger, I'm actually interrupting my access to the divine. And that if I can tend to my anger, I can maintain a sense of my own wholeness, a sense of my oneness with the divine. I mean, anger can put us in a stance to be against something. That protection move is often like a, a, you know, a separation or a thrusting, right? And when we're in resistance to something, that fight can prolong it. But if we can tend to it, allow it to be, rather than suppress it, ignore it, deny it, we can actually access the power of it, access the passion of it. And for me, these days, when I get angry, it's often an indication of powerlessness. If I'm looking out at some social thing that's happening, some oppression or marginalization or violence, I, and I'm pissed, it's often a sense of powerlessness that someone else holds my power. But if I can tend to that, I can move myself back into a space of divine connection. And what is being called for here? How am I being called to a higher level of activity and action in my world to tend to the things that are pissing me off? And so what is in it for you when you feel angry? What is, what is that outward lens that you're looking through? And then what's happening inside in your own spiritual evolution? Is anger uncovering for you a place where you're ready for healing? When the anger is so prescient, it's so forward, you can't avoid it or deny it. What's in that? Is that a trigger point? Is there something in there that you can tend to that's underneath the anger, in addition to the anger, that's going to guide you to a higher expression of who you are?
sometimes maybe not for you. Okay, but for me, I'll have a list of things that I'm pissed about, right? And sometimes I just want to complain it out, like complaining to get clarity about what's up for me. And then it feels like like a stand-up, like an upright washing machine on the agitation cycle. And it's just like chugging and clunking and chugging and clunking. And I'm kind of chugging and clunking with these things that I'm pissed about. And then if we if I get into that space, I can list them out and get clarity. Like, oh, I don't even know what this is, but I am just like uh chugging and clunking in this and is pissing me off. And then I can tend to that list and go, okay, this is what's really going on here. This is what's going on for me. Maybe these are some things that I can move on. And I can listen to myself in those moments and make sure I'm connecting into my impulses and my intuition about something. But often my anger is about being swayed from my inner guidance that I didn't follow my intuition, right? That feeling of, uh, you're pissed. Maybe you're pissed at somebody else. And then when you sit with it, you realize, oh, I'm really angry because I have gone against my intuition. I have gone against divine guidance. I have gone against myself. And all that needs to happen then is just a turning toward myself and, and forgiving myself and saying, I can do differently next time or in this moment, I can do this much different to a different result. And in that way, I'm claiming my true desire, which is to be in divine connection and alignment and in answering my call, listening to presence, taking my cues from this wisdom that I'm allowing to run my life. Our anger can help us direct our energy toward we, what we really want in our family, in our community, in ourself, in the world. Sometimes we might feel angry because we don't feel respected or listened to or understood. And we might be really pissed in an external outward way. But have we spoken to this person about in a real way that we could be heard? What is the outward expression? What is the inward expression? And how do we tend to both things in, a, in an authentic way? Once the anger, we've calmed the anger down, we've tended to the anger. Can we tend to this relationship in a new or different way?
And for me, I, I have a question of, can my anger guide me to own my divine power? Can your anger show you the way to access and express a true divine power in the direction of your dreams, in the direction of your truth? When we honor our anger, when we tend to it like a child, we can transform it on an individual level and on a social level. And so this week, this month, the rest of this month, check into when you're angry, witness your anger, tend to it, pick it up, call it honey and darling, and explore the roots of it. Look outward, but also look inward. Find your clarity. Take time with it. Give yourself time to sit with it, to see it. You might try breathing in. I know that anger is in me. Breathing out. I know that I put all my energy into caring for my anger. And what is the call to action in that as you tend to it, as you sit with it? Is something to be healed or is there a bigger expression of what, who you are and what you really want in your world that wants to be expressed through you? And always and never forget to ask for support. Ask spirit to sit with you, to be with you, to guide you. And I think you will be amazed at the support that comes forward for you. So thank you. So just take a moment now and turn, turn within. And let's go together to that place where we contact the divine. And maybe if you don't know that place yet, just ask where that place is. Spirit, show me where and how you live through me. Knowing that each one of us is made from this divine power and presence that in a moment of brilliance, each and every one of us here was brought into form through a divine spark, a moment of creation, we were all brought forth in our uniqueness. And all that the divine is, we are. Love, peace, power, poise, harmony, order, creativity. It's all in and through and as us. And in this moment, we access it together, knowing this truth that we are whole and that we are one with another. 
that we are on a spiritual journey of the evolution of all emotions and that we allow them to be, we allow them to be the signposts, to be the interruption that reminds us of our divinity, that reminds us of the love and power that we are, reminds us our access to wisdom, that with each breath and with each step, we express more and more all that the divine is. We express it through our individual life, the life of this community and beyond. And so just knowing that the peace, power, poise, and love of the divine guides us. It lives through us and it surrounds us. And things that we thought never before possible are possible and we watch them come into place in our lives. And so I just give thanks for everything that brought us together in this moment, knowing that this moment is good and very good. I give thanks and I release this word. I let go, I let God, I let it be, and so it is. Our offertory, what did you get out of today's gathering? Did you enjoy our live musician? Did you find peace with our meditation? Did the talk resonate with you? As Ernest Holmes stated, as we express life, we fulfill spirit's law of abundance, but we do this only as we realize that there is enough to go around. And as we know that all of divine's gifts are given freely and as fully as the air and the sunshine. And there's plenty of that today. So if you leave today with a nut of information, a song, a relaxation from the meditation, please consider returning that good feeling fully and freely with a donation to CSL White Rock. Who's going to put, or Nancy put the information on the website and the uh, chat. And, uh, and if giving online doesn't work for you, you can mail us a check or send us an e-transfer. We will make it work for you. So please join me in declaring our prosperity affirmation. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive, so it is.